0: Welcome to the Fast Forward Business Podcast. Today is the 21st of March 2021 and I am Justin Spencer Young. The subject of today's podcast is about how to grow an economy and that might be somewhat misleading because I am going to talk a little bit about, well, how to grow an economy but also how South Africa is not doing what it needs to do to grow the economy. So it's also a little bit of how not to grow an economy. But let's get into it. So the economics of an economy is somewhat complicated and obviously made up of many moving parts and the main players are typically business and households and of course government. But ultimately all of these parts or these components are made up of individuals who have their own desires and needs and we all contribute in our own way to the production and consumption of the country. Now, years of evidence from the industrial ages have shown that the wealthiest economies are the ones that produce goods and services that are valuable, for which consumers are willing to pay for. And by consumers, we mean both local consumers who live in that country and international consumers where those valuable products are exported. The important point here is that something of value needs to be produced. It's the production That stimulates an economy, not the consumption. Production comes first. In economic speak, this is the same as saying supply before demand. Now, the best example that I can give, or analogy that I can give that relates to this, is to think of let's call this a thought experiment of being stranded on a desert island, and you have with you the only thing you are able to salvage on your sinking ship was a suitcase with a million United States dollars in it. Now you arrive on your island and you stagger onto the beach with your suitcase in hand and your immediate need is for water. Having spent several days floating in the ocean, you are parched and need drinking water. Now depending on how long it's taken you and how how much time has gone without water, you would probably be prepared to hand over your suitcase with a million dollars in it just to get the water, because that's how desperate you are. The problem is, if there is no water, i.e. there's no production capacity for water on this island where you've arrived, then your suitcase of money is absolutely worthless. You can have all the demand that you like, but without supply, there will be no trade. So then the question must be, how do you stimulate production? Creating production capacity requires a few things. So first of all, it needs some smart people who can build or create what they think is or will be valuable to consumers for which these consumers will pay money or buy the product. But they don't know this for sure. So they have to take a risk. Now, they could be completely wrong and they could end up wasting time and resources, but they won't know until they try. This is the component of risk and the propensity for some entrepreneurs to take risk. The second piece is, these smart folks who are going to take this risk, they need some money to build a prototype. They need money to hire workers. Now, they could use their own money, or investors' money, but to obtain the capital, they need to be able to tell a good story about why the investor should risk their capital, and what return they're likely to get over time. So the second piece is here, Not only are the entrepreneurs prepared to take some risk, but the capital providers also need to be interested in taking risk. So these are the first two parts of this is risk and capital. Now, the third part is you need an educated workforce. Without skills, there will be no smart people who are interested in producing. There'll be no workers to build the prototypes. So education is mission critical in being able to build and grow an economy. The fourth piece is what I've called security of ownership. So if these smart people are gonna take risk and the capital investors are gonna provide them with money, they wanna be sure that if they do produce something of value that consumers are willing to buy and that they can export, well, they want to be sure that they can retain the legal rights of ownership so they can continue to benefit from the value that they have created and from the risk that they have taken. So this is the legal component. So as a quick recap of what these four components are, there's a propensity or desire to take risk. There's sources of capital in order to support and fund the risk takers. There's a level of education and skill so that the code can be written, the prototypes can be built And then there's a legal infrastructure to ensure security of ownership. So now I want to explore some of the challenges that we have in South Africa in the moment and how this is working against growth. Investors don't like to take risk when they are told who they have to partner with and who they have to employ. So this specifically looks like legislation around affirmative action and BEE legislation. Now, of course, this comes with all sorts of political correctness, because as soon as you push back against affirmative action and BEE, it suggests a racist type of ideology and that you don't believe in rectifying the sins of the past, and therefore you are untransformed and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. So I'm very cautious of how to enter that space. In fact, I don't really want to, but just to recognize that if you are talking to international investors coming to South Africa, and you want to dictate to them who they have to employ and who they have to have as partners, you might find they choose to go somewhere else. Now, when asset ownership is under threat, investors don't invest. What's more is they probably sell their assets and they move on or leave the country. And this looks like capital flight, and it certainly isn't capital inflows. So words like expropriation without compensation and changing the constitution do not encourage confidence in long-term risk-taking. The third piece is that lowering standards of education makes it very difficult for producers to hire skilled people so they can operate efficiently. At the moment, South Africa ranks pretty close to the bottom of all countries when it comes to maths and science skills. Now This makes it especially hard for us to produce anything other than raw commodities that use low-skilled labour. The fourth piece is the complexity of an economy means that it cannot be commanded from a central point, often referred to as the command and control model. Jobs cannot be created by a dictate and business sectors cannot be created on the whim of government. The market economy is such that risk-takers also fail. And when risk-takers fail, others learn about this, and they learn what not to do. And this, by default, leads to a more efficient allocation of capital resources. If bad businesses are not allowed to fail, what happens is we get a misallocation of resources. And when government tries to dictate to the market what areas of business must succeed or be focused on, we find that this leads again to a misallocation of capital resources. And of course, South African Airways is just a case in point of government pouring billions and billions of capital into an industry that, or certainly into a business, that they cannot make any profit from. It must be allowed to fail. So unfortunately, we're faced with an ideology where government believes that it has all the answers and that the market economy is the domain of the privileged few who need to be taxed more so that the money can be given to those who have none. The age-old saying that a rising tide raises all the ships is somewhat trite, but it's very true for economies. One cannot simply direct the rising tide to raise some ships and not others. To do this, one would have to build complex structures to direct the water flow. The reality is, we need to remove as many structures as possible so that more water can flow. Over the last three decades in South Africa, we have built some very complex structures to try and raise the waters for some and not others. If the rising tide is the flow of foreign and local capital to productive capacity, well, The water is flowing to other ports, not to South Africa. Until we can break down the barriers and turn away from failed ideology and encourage investment and risk-taking in South Africa, there will be no growth. We know what to do. It's just that we've chosen so far not to do what it takes. We'll see you on the Far Post.